think editorializing on interesting facts is sort of like the gist of it. What does factual even mean anyway? I mean, it certainly means different things to different people. Record. Hit record. Uh, okay. I hit record. Um, Welcome to Feature Creep, colon. Built-in microwave, semicolon. Halloweenies. Probably a short Halloweenies, right? Yeah. Yes. We think this will probably be short. Yeah. Well, technically, it's a short. How long it is is a separate issue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair point. This will be released uh, on a Thursday. That we know for sure. Yes. So uh, I think Halloween is the only holiday worth celebrating. Frankly. Okay. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I uh, let me put it this way: the only like traditional American holiday. Because I don't know who else celebrates Halloween. I think that's about it. Yeah, and I Christmas is ruined for me forever because, like, because people care about Christmas in ways that make them question, like, coffee flavors and cup designs on a moral level. <laughs> and I just can't get down with any of that. That just reminded me, we can do... Um, we get to do another podcast. We can talk about um, War on Christmas 2. Yeah. The Warning, the Christmasing. Chris- the Christmasing. The Christmasing. Um, yeah. Anyway, we can... I, I have... Since we did that last year, I thought we, I've got some good ideas on how we can support our troops on the War on Christmas, so... Excellent. We've, yeah. We can demonstrate what we've learned in a year. Yes, we can demonstrate what we've learned in a year. This is excellent. <laughs> That's pretty exciting because that was one of our first podcasts i think yeah it was the first one we posted yeah yeah so yeah i uh i really like halloween because i like how subversive the holiday is when it turns the power structures on their heads oh yeah yeah like people who are usually powerless and paternalized become demanding and uh retributive which is just great um it's kind of like a an uprising of sorts, yeah. and it, it's all children doing the work, which is just the best thing ever. So I really like dressing up for Halloween. I love the philosophy of Halloween. I love the amount of exercise you get on Halloween and how the more intrepid you are, the more rewarded you are. Uh-huh. Yeah, the more candy rewarded. you can collect for yeah, yeah. it further. Yep. Like, it's pretty linear. It's not, like, merit-based per se. Right, um, right. You know, it's not like a competition. Yeah. Uh, I like that there's... I like that Halloween is a liminal space. Yes, me too. Yep. Um, I, yeah, I have very fond memories of that as a child. Yeah, like, you just cross over this threshold. And I like how... um. I like how fall in general, especially at this time of year, is like just on the threshold of winter. And so things are changing constantly and there's this transformative spirit, um, which I think as much as I love places that are constantly hot, like San Diego, that are always sunny and like every day feels like the same wallpaper. Yes. Like it's always the same. I kind of enjoy that. But I also really like um, watching things around me shift. And uh, I like those liminal spaces. So I'm excited about that. I live right next to a cemetery. So if the undead rise from the grave, I will sleep through it and they will eat my brains before I ever see it coming. That's kind of a great way to have that particular issue resolved. Yeah. It's just don't worry about it. You'll never see it coming. Yeah. 
Uh, um, I mean, think about like all the all the like adrenaline soaked running and bullshit that you you're avoiding by doing that. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm not gonna have to like make any of the hard choices about like, well, Ned's been bitten. He's not Ned anymore. Right. When do we kill him? Is it now or in a little bit? <laughs> right. Uh, for what it's worth, I would kill you immediately. Okay, that's appreciated. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, yeah. I, it's the least I can do. <laughs> I would expect the same, unless, unless of course, like you know, if I don't get immediately zombified or yes. whatever by the zombies, and it's just too late by the time you're aware of it, considering yeah. we're like 2,700 miles away from each other, or whatever it is. Yes, right. How many? I don't know how many miles, but it's a few. Uh, it's a few. Yeah. yeah. So if I if if I was zombified i would forgive you for letting me go the slow route if you then turned me on our enemies oh okay sure so keep that in your back pocket like like flew out and picked you up in a helicopter like a cage under a helicopter and dropped you into like the center of like particular group of people we both uh, maybe don't get along with so well anymore that ever forever (laughs) That would be really good. Yes. Um, I think like I zombie mean, in the halls of Congress, maybe. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just drop. Just <laughs> <laughs> we what had a called zombie bomb. <laughs> zombie bomb. <laughs> uh, I mean, oh, but the thing is, because of our current government, like I wouldn't have to do that. They'd be the first to go. It's true. Like, the, look how fucked up they are. I mean, it's a perfect example. Like, we have COVID, and it's like, oh, our president got sick. The man, mm-hmm. like, the one human being in all of the country who, in theory, should have the best access to the best protection against that kind of thing. Yeah. Just, nope. Nope. Not even, you know, didn't even take that long, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I'll bet you, like, I'll bet you if you go and trick-or-treat at the White House they would give you something really weird like oh man like have you ever had uh have you ever had turkish delight my dad yes. loves that stuff well and i i like it's interesting but i don't think of it as a candy it's like a lavender sugar-coated jello jelly i think it has rose in it yeah rose sorry rose water yeah yep. it's rose right. water but yeah it's like an acquired taste and my dad always yes. really liked it but uh like i would be very disappointed if somebody gave me some esoteric candy at halloween yeah yes yeah i wanted like you know reese's peanut butter cups and chocolate candy bars and you know all the good the good ones kit kat kit kat yeah kit kat butterfinger yeah Oh, Butterfinger. I used to trade stuff with my brother. So he would get the Butterfingers and I would get something else. Maybe Almond Joy. Almond Joy. Good one. Yeah. I really like Almond Joy. I also like Mounds. Mounds. Yep. Yeah. But I I really, I like the crunch of the almond against the gooey of the... Of the sort um, of sugary coconut. Yes. Even though I'm not a huge fan of almonds. Huh. I mean, I don't like to eat them alone. They have to be like drenched in chocolate or something for me to want to eat them. That's fair. Because yeah. I'm just not excited about the flavor of almonds on their own. And I also am not a fan of almond milk for that reason. Hmm. Tastes squirrely to me. Yeah. It tastes it's like squirrels. Like, <laughs> yeah, like you're gnawing on bark or something. Like, <laughs> this cereal tasted great till you dumped tree water all over it. Uh-huh. 
right? Um, so uh, what else? I yeah, I like anything that kind of has like a carnival atmosphere, which I you know Halloween obviously does. Yes, yeah, um, Halloween's really good for that. It's also uh, I think the liminal space is an important kind of observation. Um, it's probably what we might have wanted to mention in our talk about liminal spaces. I don't know what we, I don't remember if we brought that up, but it's certainly, I think if you ever talking to somebody about liminal spaces and they're having trouble relating, you can often be like, Hey, you, you participate in Halloween as a kid. That was a liminal space for you. I imagine. I think as an adult, yeah. it goes away a little bit cause you lose the, like, um, it becomes smaller somehow or can do, yes. but as a kid, it's just this massive, massive undertaking of like i'm gonna go get all the candy yeah and i mean you plan your costumes and you think about what you want to be and then like i I used to make you know costumes or my mom would help me make them or make them for me if i was younger but um you yeah i really like the i like that there's so many levels of shit happening yeah like there's this seasonal transition and there's like it's really creepy outside at this time of year like it's creepy which i love yeah uh, i love creepy things and so like it's one of the only times of the year where i feel like aha this is my time you know what i mean yes like yeah summer i dig but i identify with this type of the this time of the year which is i mean i was born in the fall so that makes sense i guess but um like i so i like the changes that are going on seasonally i like the change um in like the daylight hours it gets dark so much earlier and that happens really rapidly like it just sneaks up on you um, yeah and i like the uh that you get to change your identity and just be like it nothing is too abstract or ridiculous for a halloween costume nothing right right i remember um there was this uh girl across the street from me and she always had these great ideas for costumes and one year she and her costumes are really good at getting people to give her candy like mm-hmm. it upped her game so one year she was a slot machine oh my god and there was a slot you could put the candy in at the top and then there was a lever you could pull and she'd spin the little wheel in the front oh my god and it was just fantastic because it was like people like other kids would put their candy in her bag to have her pull the to pull the lever and spin the thing, and she was oh pretty good because she was older than us, so she was pretty good about like if kids put candy in, she'd like put candy out, you know, like mm-hmm. they win. But yes. um, but oh my god, like she like when she'd go up to the doors, it was just like the adults would just dump candy in there. It was ridiculous. Like they'd be That's like, so hey, funny. they'd be like, hey George, like come check this out, and every adult would want to come and put a piece of candy in to like get her to spin the thing. So she'd get like triple quadruple candies at each house like it was genius oh my god that's so good yeah and so yeah uh i think that i maybe disagree with you that it doesn't it does actually matter what what you dress like um it can do it doesn't but it can do um and i think designing the right costume can go a long way depending on what your goals are yes uh there was a tiny little boy who came to my parents house one time dressed up as henry the eighth in the whole outfit Oh, fantastic. Like a cape with the like... The weird little hat and the cape and the giant poofy (laughs) sleeves and Uh the tiny little pants with this like the like um, pantyhose, tiny Uh little pantyhose with like tiny little boots, little leather boots. Uh It was like, uh, it looked like something from like a theater costume department, you know? Uh Like um, it was so ornate. And I noticed these things like I'm not judgmental about, about 
the quality of costumes, but I noticed sure. when something is like, who is the seamstress who created this? Like, this is amazing. Right. Like, it stands out. Yeah. That's is fantastic. There... Seamstress is, like, gender specific. I wonder... Oh, a tailor. A tailor. tailor would be the opposite if you're... Yeah. This reminds me of... Um... Can we just call people seamsters? And seamsters. <laughs> it makes me think of... Um that there's that uh twitter account uh what's it called a man the man or a man who has it all or something or the man who has it all and it's just like it's constantly these tweets like what's the name for a um a male sportswoman or like you know it's just like tons of like really great like turn of phrase you know on um, yes. all the shit that's just been like the litany of like cultural sexism that's been alive in our country forever. Um, mm-hmm. But things like that where, and you saying that made me think of that, like what's the name for a male seamstress? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then all the responses are really great. Cause people will be like, I don't see why, you know, you don't need to use, um, you don't even have to use the word male. Like it's just, it, it can be um, non-gendered. Seamstress is fine. Or sportswoman is fine. It doesn't have to mean gender. Like, it's so great. Like, all the arguments are the things that people, like, you know, often throw in the face of women who are like, well, I'd rather have something a little more reflective of who I am. Um, (laughs) Anyway, yeah. Good times. Um, Oh, man. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, so... (laughs) Halloween. uh, I like... I really enjoy... Um, dressing up as objects. Yes. Like um, infamous Halloween costume. Everybody, I talk about it all the time because it just like cracks me up to this day. Yeah. I was in, in like, you know how kids have a security blanket? Yep. I was an insecurity blanket for Halloween because it was just going to be fucking cold. And so I wrote things on a blanket and wore the blanket around and the blanket <laughs> was an insecurity blanket and it said things like, um, you are your parents' least favorite child. Nice. Um, Everyone here thinks you're unfunny. Um, <laughs> people do notice that tooth when you smile. <laughs> um, just stuff like that. Uh-huh. Like um, your spouse harbors resentments against you. Uh-huh. Like, just like these inner, like these fears that gnaw away at people. And most people really like the blanket. They thought it was very clever, and it's gotten, it's been used for several Halloweens. Yeah, because it's such a smash hit. But yeah, there are some people who you can see something about the blanket triggers them. Uh huh. Where they relate to it on a very specific personal level like some something on that blanket is true for them <laughs> uh, <right. laughs> and i'm like well that's the scary part right, right. that's why that's it's scary because it's true because it's true <laughs> and it's you right it's the opposite of funny which is it's true and it's someone else's problem uh-huh um so i like that as somebody at the same one of the same halloween parties that i went to when I wore that blanket, showed up in a furry costume with a bunch of expanding foam on the stomach and tire treads through it, so it looked like a smashed um, oh, roadkill. Uh huh. Um, so it was like all these like bubbly, twisty, what looked like guts coming out with like actual tire treads straight through it, and then oh, the expanding shit. foam was just like put on the front of the costume. It was uh-huh. so good. Um, I loved that one. Um, I also l- love the idea of a 
uh, like dressing up like a stalk of celery and carrying a knife around like a celery stalker. Uh huh. Yeah, that's good. Um, cereal box classic cereal box killer cereal killer. Yeah. Yeah. Classic old think, tropes and puns. Yeah, and I like inanimate objects too. Like, um. The only one that's coming to mind right now that's a really bad example because it's anthropomorphized is the volleyball Wilson from Castaway. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, like, or you could be like, well, I'm the raft underneath Tom Hanks as he sails away from uh-huh. Wilson. <laughs> like also obscure. <laughs> yeah. Or just like, I don't know, like somebody's fucking handbag in a classic movie or like. <laughs> or like no, like just know. something really really awful like um not awful but just like no one's gonna get it like the speaker like a driver coil from a high-end speaker from the 1980s like just yeah. some weird obscure piece of electronic like equipment that no one would ever see because it's just a component inside of something right or like super uber uber nerdy like an old resistor paint the stripes on it so that other people that you can recognize other nerds they're like oh i know what value you are you're a 1k ohm resistor because you got the stripes right um hardcore hardcore um yeah yeah. i think like halloween is a great time to let your nerd and or freak flag fly with some modicum of social protection like you don't even have to be like, I was just kidding, just kidding, which we all know is a lie. You weren't kidding. You were testing your limits with us. Right, we right. see right through your shit. Yes, and at least yeah. on Halloween, you get to like own it, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sociopaths rewarded. Sociopaths <laughs> rewarded. Exactly. I like, I am of the opinion that Halloween should be as scary as possible. Like some people make Halloween really cute and I'm like, I want to run you over with my hearse. (laughs) Right. Like just terrifying and a little dangerous. Yes. Like, (laughs) like, like, like pearl clutching levels. Like fainting. Like I want to scare you so bad you faint and like maybe poop your pants. (laughs) Maybe poop your pants. (laughs) I will take it to that level. Uh huh. I want like the scariest thing from your childhood, but I want it like magnified and more realistic as an adult. Like whatever it is, I just want to give you a complex over it. Like terror just for a few days. Terrifying, just terror inducing. Yeah, just like I want just for I psychological want you... damage that only lasts a couple of days. Right. Like I want. To push people to what feels like the edge of death so that when they come back from it, they feel better. Right. The relief you feel after having survived a harrowing experience. Right. I want, I want, for Halloween, I want to give everyone the experience, the gift. The gift. The experience of mortal terror. Uh-huh. For everybody, it's different, right? That's yeah. the key to being like a successful... That's like when you do Halloween well, when you're good at Halloween, you can actually like fulfill people's worst nightmares and candy and candy and candy because <laughs> the and candy fire. The, right, right. Yeah, I like bonfires when we were growing up. Um, the St. West St. Paul Parks and Rec used to have this giant bonfire. They might still, I don't know. Yeah. At this little park by our house and like everybody in the neighborhood would sort of you know gather around like you do yeah as and one does. Yep. they 
Yeah, and in the warming house um, for the ice rinks that get flooded over shortly after Halloween every year. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> they had they would like grill up all kinds of hot dogs and have chips and stuff, and so you could go and it was free. So after you were done um, trick or treating for the night, you would bring all your candy home, shove some in your pockets, and then go back out on foot to go up to the park, and then you would like dance around this giant bonfire and have hot dogs so that you can balance out your sugar intake with. <laughs> with processed, some processed meat <laughs> processed meat protein <laughs> yeah and then like after that you would probably you know you'd be nice and warm by the fire and then it would be like fuck we gotta go home because it's gonna be really cold out soon and then you would like dart off after that uh-huh and it was great and like like damon's always fond of saying he was he was like watching the goonies and somebody younger than our generation was yeah. like where are these children's parents uh-huh like, <laughs> and I just think of that whenever I think of how we would go out for Halloween. Like, we didn't have parents with us. And I would be, you know. Same. Yeah. It was just like, I'll be back later. Bye. I'll be back whenever. Right. Yeah. I'd take out my younger siblings or my cousins or whatever would come with and we would just go. Yeah. And then, I mean, I think the, so the last year that I trick-or-treated was the most infamous Halloween in Minnesota history. Yeah. Because it was in 1991. Yeah. I was about to turn 12 years old, so I was still 11, I think. Um, my brother, my cousin, and my other cousin, my two younger cousins. So it was um, me and like three little kids, basically. Yeah. Uh, and it snowed like a mofo. It was super deep snow that came down really fast it was cold as hell so we had like snow suits and shit and boots on and all of our winter gear and our costumes and we went out for a long time and we like trudged through the snow nobody was shoveling that night um and so we just plowed our way through it and went for blocks and blocks and blocks and at one point my uh cousin dead nate was um you know stuck in the snow because he was such a tiny little guy at the time uh -huh. that um, he couldn't actually physically get through the snow. He was totally buried. Uh, and so I had to pick him up and haul him around. And so I had like a kid on my back and we were going through knee deep or deeper than that snow. Yeah. And we got so much candy from people. That's fantastic. Oh my God. And I remember going home and like when you're out, if you have several layers of clothes, you can get snow on them and the snow just kind of cakes on and yeah. doesn't really melt because the surface of your exterior clothing isn't that warm. Right. And so right. You're, you're actually fine and dry until you go inside and it melts. Yeah. And then and you're just drenched. Yeah, yeah. So we just stayed out the whole time and it was like no big deal. But we got, oh my God, people gave us like whole bags of candy. Just like, here, take it. Nobody else is going to be here tonight. I think I, I don't know if this is kind of if I'm in a minority here. Um, I didn't grow up in snow. And so uh, if I were younger and I hadn't lived in the snow like I have now, um, I mean, I don't live in the snow currently, but in my life I have. When you mentioned about trudging through the snow, if I as a kid, I would have just been like, that seems amazing and fun and not at all a big deal. And yeah. And it probably was amazing and fun, but also a big deal. Like as an adult, having spent time in like deep snow like that, it it's exhaustingly difficult to yeah. get anywhere. There's a reason that they want everybody to shovel. Like a lot of towns have laws about shoveling the the yeah. sidewalks and stuff. Like that yep. you have to you know maintain the one that's on your property. Um, 
And I just think people like, well, people who grew up in Southern California, like me, have no appreciation for that. It just sounds like the most amazing, fun thing ever. It's snowing outside, like it's soft and wonderful. I remember having this conversation with my dad, like talking about skiing. And he's like, yeah, well, you know, I mean, if you fall, you just fall in the soft snow. I'm like, no, motherfucker, it's cold and icy and hard (laughs) and dangerous. Like sometimes it's soft, but it sucks. Yeah. Um, Totally sucks. Yeah. at that same park where they had the bonfires and stuff. Yeah. Um, in the winter when you we were up there and it was just me and my dad and my brother and they had this pond and my brother wanted to go out on the pond and I was like, is it safe to go out on the pond? And my dad was like, yeah, it's safe to go out on the pond. And so I went out after my brother and I fell through the ice and he did not. <laughs> and then they had to come like fish me out of a frozen lake. So I didn't uh, Yeah. Well, I'm glad they did because... Uh, that was fucking cold yeah i bet that was awful that was the coldest i've ever been in my life i think yeah for sure for sure it was i was soaking wet and i was in an ice frozen lake um i think my all of my layers prevented my head from going under oh yeah i I kind of got like trapped in the hole before i was completely submerged right so you were just is great yes yeah thank Thank god yeah no kidding um speaking of terrifying things I guess I was thinking about what you were saying about wanting to tear, like wanting Halloween to be more terrifying. Yeah. And I was thinking about as I get older, the things that scare me are less, um, I'm less worried about, you know, the sort of masked murderer with the like meat cleaver or the like chainsaw massacre kind of things. And yeah. And I'm just, I was wondering like, how would one design like a scary experience? Like, like for instance, how could one create, like the level of existential dread that would drive one to feel terror on an evening. Oh my gosh. Are we allowed to like ambush people with a needle and like make them paralyzed, but aware? Well, I mean, I, there's no rules here. I'm just like, you know, obviously okay, that all, <laughs> I the, submit. all the I normal sub- consequences of life, obviously. So doing yeah. that obviously would be illegal. I'm just saying that, that you know i don't know like you can obviously work back from there so go what's the worst i mean there's the level of terror where it's like so your point is to like wake up in a kill room like dexter style kind of thing um then or just like wake up and insist to someone that they've had missing time like oh oh so like roofie somebody for me things that are really scary are things that are deeply unsettling that make you question your grip on reality yes yep yeah that's really the only thing I'm afraid of anymore. Right. Or like the only thing that I find really like unsettling. Of course, I put myself through rigorous exercises to do this all of the time so that when it really happens, I can be okay with it. Right. So you can cope with that situation. Sure. Right. Um, good mental workout. Good but mental yeah, workout. I <laughs> scare yourself every day. Uh-huh. Think you're dying every day. Um, <laughs> makes you appreciate everything so much more uh-huh <laughs> so like i guess i don't know that's why i say like i want to pe- give people the gift of mortal terror yeah like it's got to be something that is the opposite of feeling good about everything that's going on yes yeah um, um i think there's i mean there's different kinds like there's uh so one thing i don't particularly enjoy at halloween that seems to be kind of, at least it was popular a couple years ago at some of the haunted houses was basically chainsaws without chains on them, but otherwise it's a chainsaw. So it's like they're chasing you around with a very loud 
you know, you can smell the gasoline and it's like yeah. very loud noise and you can't see whether it has a chain on it or not. So it's like, it's that, that, that's kind of rightfully terrifying. I'm like, I should probably always be scared of those, you know, probably because I can't know, you know, um, I mean, I, I can make assumptions that they're probably not going to c- kill somebody with a chainsaw in the middle of a public, um, haunted house, but, eh, um, I don't want to be the one, uh, so that, but that kind of terror is sort of adrenaline inducing. You know what I mean? It's like, it's sort of basically chasing someone around with a, a knife is going to create a certain level of adrenaline. Um, yeah. But I, I'm trying to think of like how you could kind of, uh, I, I think different people are susceptible to different things, right? So if, if you're kind of someone who, easily buys into say like conspiracy theories and other things like that where you're already like half convinced yourself that there's something more to the world than than is in front of you um yeah then you could probably do some pretty mean tricks uh like psychological things like you know in a haunted house situation where you're um uh you know a, a sufficiently effective sort of illusion yeah, I haunted houses to me aren't very scary because there's no actual plausible threat of death or bodily harm. Right, right. right. And I mean, if there was bodily harm, I would be more annoyed at someone's incompetence in a haunted house than I would be of the fact that like my worst fears came through. I've been wounded, right? Sure. Yes. Like, yeah. so they don't really do it for me. I mean, going through them with other people is hilarious because I love to watch other people get the yes. shit irrationally scared out of them in yeah. a totally controlled and safe setting. Sure. Yeah. Like, our our culture is way too litigious to have actual danger in a haunted house. Right. <laughs> right. Yes. Like, this is a theory. My friend, well, he's we're not friends anymore. We haven't spoken in years, so I don't know if this still holds, so I can't speak for him anymore. But at the time that we were still friends and in contact, um, he mentioned to me that he thought the television show Survivor would be a lot more fun to watch if people actually died on it. Oh, shit. <laughs> or maybe not that they did die, but that there was a, a strong possibility sure. that they could die. Right. Made it a lot more fun to watch, which I thought was kind of um like the barbaric. levels of like people like, you know, if you if there's frostbite, like someone's probably going to lose a couple fingers. Yeah, like actual, you know, there's pit vipers here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like just some kind like, of like like wild hospitalization card. is a real possibility. Oh yeah. Like Right. Yes. I mean, I would hope that somebody would intervene in a life-threatening situation to hopefully save the life of the person whose life is in danger. But, you know, like, I don't know. Whatever. It's fine. Yeah. I just don't, I don't know that that appeals to me. And I think that that is obviously setting a precedent for a kind of society I don't want to live in. Um, but yeah. Uh, definitely that's the show we should have in our dystopian, designing a dystopian future. Or dystopian world for for real survivor. <laughs> Maybe survivors. Maybe survivors. Yeah. Yeah. So last same, last person standing. Last person standing gets the prize. Right. Um, which is you you don't have to clean up the nineteen bodies on the island with you. Right. That's your only prize. <laughs> right. Uh. Um. <laughs> rotting body landslide. Um, so I think that like in the same vein as the survivor survivability yeah. issue, Halloween has a scarability issue. So how, I mean, anything that's scary comes from your internal reaction to it, right? Yeah. 
like fear is inside of you. It's not out in the world. It's not something that you encounter. It's something that you dredge up internally. Sure. Right. Um, and so it's a really individual fear is such a subjective experience. Exactly. I read, uh, so I like Chuck Palahniuk books and he wrote this book called Haunted. That's a um, book about writers who go to a writer's retreat uh-huh. and what happens at the writer's retreat. Um, and it's, they're all writing horror stories basically. Oh, okay. And uh, one of the stories in the book Haunted is called, I think, The Nightmare Box. And the whole point of why that particular chapter is so scary is because they nobody knows what's in the box because as soon as you look at it, you basically are so traumatized by what you see that you go catatonic um, and do weird things like this woman's daughter. So you t- you look into the nightmare box yes, and you turn a crank and sometimes nothing happens, but sometimes something happens. And when that something happens, there's a bright flash of light that can be seen from the like third person observer standpoint. Yeah. The person looking in the box sees something and then their whole like outlook changes. Like this woman's daughter looks into the box and then after that she takes she stops speaking and she takes a tiny scissors and cuts off all of her eyelashes and then like disappears after that. Oh, bizarre. I know. And so everybody's response to this nightmare box are like really subjective, but all Basically, there's a before and there's an after, and the after is a person who is no longer accessible to anyone around them. Right, right. And it's just like this super creepy story, and the ambiguity of it is what I like so much because it allows you to imagine whatever your nightmare is inside of that box. Like, what what would it take for you to become so scarred by something that you saw that you just stopped participating in the human experience? Uh Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. I love that ho- that Halloween story. I mean, it's not a Halloween story. It's just that, a ghost story. Right. It's creepy. It makes me think about um, one way that you could uh, probably terrorize certain people is to have um, a lot of participants around them participate in the sort of illusion. And so ah, yes. everyone is behaving in a particularly weird way. Um, except for them and everyone's in on it. Um, immersion gaslighting. Yeah. Immersion gaslighting. Um, I mean, these are just kind of horrible things to do to people, but they are terrifying. They're deeply, uh, destabilizing. Yeah. They're deeply destabilizing and deeply upsetting. Like that's, you know, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm not advocating for any of these things. Obviously I, I, I agree with you on principle that um, Halloween is definitely a time for terror, uh, but I definitely agree that like there needs to be certain levels of consent, which I think generally there are. There are. I think maybe part of the problem is that um, you and I don't find the things on offer for Halloween particularly terrifying anymore. Right. Yes. And so if we are looking for a good scare, it's harder to find. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. The, yes, the scale of what I find horrific or terrifying is usually things on on par with, like, you know, genocide, for instance. <laughs> right, yes, yeah, right. I mean, that's kind of part of it, right? It's like, it's like everything, 
it's hard to feel the levels of terror are so global right now. And like my eyes are so open to the insanity and like, like for instance, like being black in America right now is probably both very terrifying and very hopeful, right? Like it's reached this tipping point where you're like, okay, hopefully more people are aware of this. Um, but it's terrifying because it's just like, it's, it's clearly so bad. Yeah, for like current event reasons, this is the most terrifying Halloween ever. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah no kidding. Let's, I, I tell you what, I'll be less demanding about Halloween being scary and we can go back to like cartoonishly <laughs> freaky things and candy. Uh-huh. If we can, I'll, I'll put up with that if we can just cut it out with the really problematic shit for a little while. Right. We just stop killing people in the street. Uh huh. Stop making everything out of plastic. Uh huh. Stop using pesticides. Right. That kill people because of food. Yes. Through food. Yeah. Like, oh man, there's so many things. Have you, um, do you know about the seed vault that's up near the Arctic Circle? Yes. Oh, I love that thing. I think it's really, really fascinating. Um, I can't Amazing and terrifying. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, that's the Svalbard. It's in, yeah. Uh, where is that? It's in, um, is it Sweden or is it Norway? Uh, Norway. Finland? Yeah. Norway. Well, it's, it's sort of near Norway. It's like halfway between mainland Norway and the North Pole. Um, okay. Yeah. I think that it is, pretty amazing um i think that it is terrifying it's also like i worry things like this make people complacent um yeah i don't think that the people like the scientists and the people who are involved with it are complacent i think that it makes people in the general public complacent Mm -hmm. where they don't worry as much about something that you need to be worrying about if you look especially especially if you live in a democracy where your d- despite what you think like your vote your voice matters like you have more of a voice than most people it may feel trivial and tiny and i get that but you have more of a voice than most people like lots of people live in countries where they have no voice and they're just yeah. you know and they have a culture that represses them even more and they have all of these issues and if you live in a democracy where um your governing body annually or semi-annually or whatever periodically comes out and says, Hey, here's, here's an opportunity to say something where we're forced to listen on some level, no matter how minuscule it is. Like, that's where I worry about things like this is it's like, okay, but you guys need to like, understand that this isn't a solution. This is like a hope, like a last ditch effort because we see this problem happening. And this is a level of like some group of people could get together and be like, Oh, well, Let's at least try to preserve some, you know, gene pools that we know about that we think might be important. Um, right. Yeah. So anyway, that's my two cents off the cuff since you brought it up. So scary. <laughs> so scary. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's just nuts to think about, like, the things that used to be scary, like vampires. Yes. Yep. Vampires are not scary anymore. No. 
I mean, energy vampires are pretty high up there on terrifying. That's true. <laughs> Shout out to What We Do in the Shadows. Yeah. That's such a great show. That's the Halloween show you should watch this year. Yep. Well, yeah. Uh, I don't know that I have a whole lot else to say about Halloween at the moment. That's but okay. I celebrate it. Celebrate it. Celebrate it. These these sort of like weird ritualistic turning things on their head holidays are super important. Yes. Yeah. They're super important. There has to be there has to be space in our culture for rapid change and turning everything on its head and allowing those types of things to be possible or we're we're going to run out of ideas. Yep. Yep. Okay. I'm going to dress up like a seed vault for Halloween. <laughs> nice. I haven't figured out what I'm going to wear, but I do know I'm going to a, a very small, socially distanced uh, Halloween party. Um, that was the, oh, I think, uh, I think my friends, our friends, you know, um, yeah. and Chris, who's been on this podcast, he's going to, uh, they, they've been talking about shooting kids. So what you do is um, you have like a shoot that you put the candy in and it runs out to the end of the lawn yeah right or the end of your yard where the you know where people can come and get their candy and show off their costumes if they want yeah so i think he's been talking about doing that i don't know if that's set up or not but um that's cool yeah yeah it is pretty cool so i like that yeah okay well i that was a, a longer short but thank you very much for listening and happy halloween yeah thanks for hanging out with us halloweenies yep uh wear wash your hands wear a mask this is a great opportunity to wear a mask on halloween so yeah if nothing Uh, you could go as a ninja yeah or oh my god oh i have one more so when we were younger yes please our our friend's mom used to always dress the kids for halloween yes and one year she had to work and so it was up to our friend's dad to like pick up the slack right Uh and like you just all you have to do is cut two leg holes in a plastic lawn bag uh-huh. that's printed to look like a pumpkin uh-huh. and he's gonna go as a pumpkin it's this tiny little kid yep he's gonna be copacetic with whatever you do to him right uh-huh. he doesn't have an opinion about his own costume he's not even aware that it's halloween right and so all you got to do is bag the kid uh-huh. and then shove a bunch of newspapers in there with him right uh-huh. so, so he looks like a little pumpkin with legs yeah right? perfect little jack-o'-lantern easy you know the yard bags i'm talking about yeah orange they look like a jack-o'-lantern on the front yep so this dad uh-huh. this this guy like dress you know cuts the leg holes uh-huh sticks the kid in the bag puts the pulls the legs through uh-huh ties ties the bag off gives him armholes uh-huh. and then proceeds to stuff him full of newspapers that they've been collecting for like a really long time and they're like the you know the neighborhood newspapers that aren't like the big one that like yeah. you hear it when it hits your house it's like the tiny one that comes in the tiny little plastic sleeve sure. if it's raining outside yeah yeah so piles and piles and scads of those right yep but because he's a dude and like Taking care of children wasn't a thing that dudes did in the 80s when we were growing up. That was still like squarely placed in the camp of women's work. Yes. Um, he didn't like and he didn't think through it like because he's just this dude. 
he doesn't crumple up any of the newspapers so that they're batted and wadded up like stuffing. <laughs> he just sticks them in, in the oblong rolled up shape. And the whole time we're trick-or-treating, this kid's hauling around this like giant bag full Reams of, of paper because it's... Reams of paper and they're like sticking out in weird directions because they're these like sticks. They're rolled up like a, like a, like a diploma or something from back in the day. And they keep falling out the leg holes because he cut the leg holes too large for this little boy's thighs and so he's just leaving a trail like we had to keep picking up newspapers and shoving them back down his neck hole (laughs) because his dad's incompetent Uh like i think we were like eight years old and the kid was like three or something Uh you know like we were and as as like eight-year-olds we're like you're doing it wrong right like what are you doing doing god and I bet he had to like, I bet he, ha- I feel safe conjecturing because I don't remember for certain. I will bet he called that poor woman like six fucking times that night while she was trying to put herself through college uh-huh. as like a woman trying to have a career that isn't putting diapers on people or stuffing pumpkin outfits. Uh-huh. Like yes. she was trying to work full time and go to school in the nights. And I bet he had to like, I bet he had to take her away from what she was doing about those fucking newspapers. Uh-huh. Like, and he never oh got my it. God. He incidentally was the parent who kept Playboy magazines in the downstairs bathroom um, closet and Aaron, my friend, and I would look at them all of the time. And that's where as like maybe a kindergartner, I learned that a naked woman who has red hair, a redhead's favorite ice cream is strawberry. And it's (laughs) never left me. Like I was like, oh, makes sense. Makes sense. I see that. I see that. Right? Yes. That's so great. You know, for the articles. For the articles, right. It means different things to different people, Meg. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, it does. Anyway. uh, Uh Yeah. God, if that that's scary for you right there. There's your Halloween fucking imagery. Yes. Like six year old children learning from your fucking skank magazines in the basement. Oh, God. Nothing against skank magazines. I love them. Sure. But I mean. Yeah, it sets the tone. If you know, it's a strange education. Like somehow, this tells you what like a like a dork nerd I am. Like I was either normalized to seeing like naked people by the time I was in kindergarten and it didn't bother me because I didn't think of it as like a sex thing. Maybe sure. Or like all I glean from that is like, well, yeah, there was a lady there, but did you know that she loves ice cream and she likes strawberry because she's a redhead? Right. This is genius. I mean, it's just like everything makes so much sense here. Everything makes so much sense. How here. would we have known this if they hadn't told us in this reference manual? Yeah, I don't know. Playboy. It's like it's like the Chilton manual for, for women. For women in life. It's how men find out about women and how to fix them is through it's for the magazines. <laughs> right? Uh yes. Yep. This is Happy Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's great um great. okay now go check your downstairs bathroom yes also uh if you have thoughts or comments on this podcast or any of our podcasts please email our executive assistant dana d-e-a-n-a at fcbm.io you just spelled it wrong d-a-n-a d-e-n-a yes. yeah dina dana d-a-n-a at fcbm.io thanks for listening um yeah 
I mean, Meg, thanks for listening to what I was saying so that you yeah. can correct it so that I didn't put the wrong email address on the uh, on the podcast. That would be a disaster. Yes. I bet some people would think that being corrected on the air was like their worst fear. Their worst fear. I am deeply <laughs> embarrassed. Like, that's what we need is, uh, you know, I'm just devastated now. I'm going to go home and Public cry. humiliation. Publi- I've been publicly humiliated. <laughs> You know what I'm going to get you for Halloween? Oh, uh, what? A public humiliation? Disappointment. <laughs> Disappointment. God, your favorite thing. <laughs> your favorite thing. Oh, that's so good. Okay. All right. I'm going to go run off and gather up some disappointment for you. All right. Awesome. Sounds good. Okay. Thanks. Bring your bring your pillowcases. Yeah. Bring your pillowcases. Line up. Take your Stuff turn. Only take one. Right. Just the one. Make sure there's enough disappointment for everybody. Everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Good times. All right. Okay. All right. Good job.